Hi, welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm your host, Malachi Greb. Today, we have a special guest. You may already know him, Ira Sharp. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great, Malachi. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. You're you're a vet in the industry. You've had a, a heck of a career run. Was like over 17 years with Phoenix Contact. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a long run. I like to say that I started when I was seven, and uh, that's how I have 17 years now. It's not quite that bad. But yes, I've been with Phoenix Contact for a little over 17 years. It's been a fantastic run for sure. That's awesome. I guess to start off, first question is, what do you think uh, elicited you you being able to stay with one company your entire career? Well, so, uh, you know, a big, big reason I've stayed with Phoenix Contact is, um, you know, really, as you if you look at it, so um, Phoenix Contact great company. Um, it's right in my local area here where I basically grew up. Um, it's, uh, it's where I met my now wife then girlfriend. So I really wanted to stay in this particular area. And uh, so that's how I, I found the company. But then once I was there, uh, Phoenix Contact is, is kind of an odd company, I'd like to say, in a good way, in the sense of it's, uh, it's, it's a big enough company to allow things, allow you to do things and explore and kind of uh, be a little bit more entrepreneurial, um, but not so small that they can't make things happen. So they're in this nice uh, in-between space. It's a privately held company. So yes, we have to make sure we're profitable. We have to do all these different things, but it's it's not just trying to make the shareholders happy and these kind of things. So it's it's been great to work for a company that has been able to provide me the latitude to be able to explore and do different things. And, uh, and, and there's been lots of jumping points because I haven't had the same position over the past 17 years. I've been a specialist, I've been manager, and now I'm a director. Um, so it's really given me a lot of latitude to try new things and manage teams and explore. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. I always feel like it's really, really good to like just be able to experience a lot of things throughout a company. And I, and also too, I think Phoenix contact is like a really good company because the, to me, they provide a high quality product at a, at a much lower cost, and and also too, I think they, I feel like they've been pretty innovative in like like some of like the spring loaded terminal blocks, like the triple stack, like this the uh, what do you guys have? You have the electronic circuit breakers. I love those. Like just keep going, just keep going. That's good. Just keep going. <laughs> Everything you love is fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, so that is a, you'll have that the PLC V8 or is I think that's what it's mm -hmm. called, right? But uh, that's that's a good little system to like throw on on small pieces of equipment. Like there's like a lot of times if we just need a couple relays in the system, we'll just throw one of those on there just because. Even if we just really just only need relays because it's not that much more expensive to to you know add a little brain onto it, and, and now you have relays and you have a little bit of brain if you want to do yeah. some. Modified, modified control. Yeah, you, yeah, you're talking about a little logic module you add on, and you can do a little logic in there. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. simple applications. Yeah. We have some pretty cool, really basic applications that uh, you know you would never necessarily. They're not necessarily classical. We definitely do a lot of industrial, but just really simple things in even retail shops and these kind of things, and really basic logic, and it just fits the bill so perfectly. Yeah. So as a so the the director right now of product uh, marketing, right? And what, what does that kind of look like? So, um, so, so yeah, as a director of product marketing, what I do 
at Phoenix Contact is I lead all of the automation business. So, well, all the automation product business. So that means reporting into me, I have a team of marketing professionals, as well as uh, I have a sales team that reports into me that focuses more on like business development, application development, these kinds of things. And then um, I have some dotted lines to a variety of other uh, salespeople throughout the country. So my footprint is the US and as the director, I try to really focus on some of the, the bigger picture campaigns, the bigger picture strategies that we're really looking to run. You know, okay, well, what are the big mega trends that we have? Uh, what is our current customer base doing? What is our distribution channel need? And taking all those pieces and putting them together and then figuring out, okay, we have all these pieces. This is the directions that we can run. These are the, the areas of, of, of where we can, we can penetrate the best. What, uh, what type Whoa. of strategy can really, really apply to, uh, to really pull us all together with the marking materials? What's the messaging? Uh, what are the applications? What are the resources that we need in terms of personnel or, or whatever it may be? So um, all these different aspects. What, what is your involvement in, in, let's say, like product development? Where does, where's the kind of like the, the line drawn where from like your marketing side of things of, of saying, seeing like what people are, are liking like through your marketing initiatives versus like the actual product that you, that you put out? Yeah, so it's, it's a really good question. And uh, so at the core, by the way, we are a German, German company. Phoenix Contact is, and I'm part of the U.S. subsidiary. We do have R&D here in the U.S. We also have R&D primarily in Germany, and then we have some in China as well. And uh, there are definitely feedback loops. So I make, or I have made in recent times fewer trips, but um, you know, over the course of my career, many trips to Germany, lots of strategy meetings, and it's really to provide the voice of the customer, the voice of um, our applications and what we need kind of moving forward in different kinds of applications. Um, so that then gets fed into product management. So I'm in product marketing. Um, so I really take what's been given to me and I craft the messages and I say, I, it's certainly not just me. I have a, a team that, that helps me with all of this. And, uh, so we craft the messaging, we get, get the product placed in the market so that it's appropriate. Uh, for the customer, for whoever it is, so that they can properly use it. Because a misapplied product doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help the customer. You know, it just just doesn't it doesn't end up working. So, um, so we we help do that. Now, as we're doing that, we hear different things. Oh, I really wish it did this. You know, it does six things. I really wish it did seven things. So then we can take the yeah. that information and provide it back to the development team, the product management team that can work it into um, uh, the strategic development plans. Um, then ultimately we'll get to the engineer so we can get things developed. Sounds like a lot of steps. Frankly, it is. Yeah. But we have a lot of parts, 60,000 plus parts, right? So we, we have a lot of stuff going on. And even in the automation business that I control, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of technologies. Uh, if it goes inside of a control cabinet, if you're not familiar with Phoenix Contact, we pretty much make it. So terminals, relays, power supplies, cabling, signal conditioning, uh, PLCs, uh, Ethernet switches, industrial routers, modems, mm -hmm. on and on and on and on. We make pretty much anything mm -hmm. that goes inside of industrial control cabinets. So there's a lot of different nuances and products that we get feedback on. Part of my questioning with that is like, as a user of Phoenix contact devices, um, you always find like, and just being innovative as well, you always find like things that, oh, it'd be nice if it had this feature too. Uh, so I think it's really cool to see like how, uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint, 
how that influences like the product design and the features added to a product and, and just the different product offerings that are there. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, we love that feedback and, and I, look, we get a lot of it, so I can't say that we can deliver on everything because we can't, um, yeah. but, right. uh, and it's, and never, nothing is ever perfect, right? It's always, it's, it's a matter of, does it check enough boxes to be working in the particular application? And that really comes down to how it's marketed, how it's applied, how it's introduced into the market. I mean, marketing I know can be, especially from an engineering perspective, because look, I'm a degreed engineer. I'm not a degreed marketing guy. Um, I've been playing a marketing guy for the past 17 years, and I guess it's been a good run. Um, but, you know, as an engineer, you know, you may think of sales or you may think of marketing and be like, ah, you know, that's it's just trying to get me to buy something or whatever else. And it, yes, it can be that. But if you're, I, in my opinion, if you're doing your job properly um, as a marketeer or as a salesperson, particularly in this industry, yes, you're, you're trying to apply the right products for the application, but you're also at the same time trying to collect as much information as possible from a application, mm -hmm. from a customer, from a whatever, to figure out how you can help them. Hopefully that's with your products. Maybe it is, maybe yeah. it's not. Um, and that's one of the reasons, look, if, if, you, if you know me, you may know me from Phoenix Contact. I've been here for a long time. I was a wireless guy for five years. I traveled around the country. I was on the road probably 70% of the time in the early, year, early days of my career, just looking at all kinds of applications across the country from water, wastewater, to manufacturing and automotive, to oil and gas, and everywhere in between. And then I became a manager of different parts of the business and Ethernet infrastructure and then control systems and ultimately the director of, of all the marketing business. And, and through that, you know, you just get to get to experience lots of different things. And that's really made its way into a lot of what we do today. What do you think has been like a, a major driver in, the, in your success throughout your career? So I would say the biggest driver of, of the success that I've had in my career is always being inquisitive um, and not being um, just happy with status quo. Um, and I always like to explore. So look, I traveled a lot in my early part of my career. I didn't have to, I really didn't, you know, I could have sat in the quote unquote ivory tower and yeah, I traveled a little bit here and there, but I knew coming out of school, um, I didn't really know that much. I knew the tech, right? I could tell you everything is. I could probably still recite half of the wireless stuff that I, that I knew way back then. But until I climbed a water tower, not saying that I ever did that, but hypothetically, if I did, um, or, you know, aimed an antenna in, you know, Wyoming when the winds are blowing at some ungodly rate and it's 10 degrees outside and you really understand what it is to do a site survey out there, or, you know, you're in a, in a refinery and you understand, okay, well, there is lots of metal stuff in the way and you actually get those experiences. You don't, you can't necessarily apply, um, the same ideas that you would have to, to different types of things without those experiences. So being inquisitive, it doesn't have to just be getting out there and doing things. I think that's a big part of it. But, you know, one of the big things I do now is I'm very involved on LinkedIn and different communities and committees. And a lot of that is to try to, to look at where things are going. What are the trends in industry? What are the hot topics? What are the pain points? What are the successful pieces? And trying to pull those in for my own knowledge, as well as for the company. Do you feel that um, there were like any like particular major uh, aspects of your career that kind of was like a shift for you? As far as a, a big shift in my career. So I would say um, in, in my career, going into management was big, but I would say even before that, you know, going into my career was a big shift because I'll tell you when I graduated, 
I graduated as a double E from Penn State. And uh, I, when I graduated, I loved to code. I loved to code. I enjoy coding now. And I wanted to uh, sit in a dark room and just write code all, all day long and do embedded systems. And then I ended up in marketing in front of everybody and not doing any coding at all. So that was a big shift in my career. Um, and I look back at that and I go, that's, that's awesome because I, it's not where I really thought where I would be, but um, finding this position really allowed me to marry sales skills that I had developed through college as well as engineering skills that I um, learned during college and apply them to different kinds of applications. And that's what got me my first position as the wireless product specialist. And then as I did that, traveled around and worked with distributors, worked with customers, worked with engineers. And I mean, I, I got started and how old was I? I don't even know, 20, 24, something like that. I'm talking to engineers that are nearing retirement and I'm explaining to them how to put together their wireless communication system across miles of area. And that was um, something I really had to mentally get over because I was the new guy. And yes, I knew the yeah. tech, I knew the application of wireless, but I in no way, shape or form knew their application to the depth that they did or would or ever, ever yeah. could. And, uh, but I tried to stay in my lane I'm like, and I would ask lots of questions and be respectful of that knowledge and understanding of the sensors and application and apply it. So going from that engineering and marketing mindset there to the management positions that I had was a big jump because all of a sudden I went from being the subject matter expert on a particular narrative, wireless communications, and really being able to right. dig in deep on that tech to managing personnel and 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 then trying to help other people do the same types of things and and then now in even my position now i'm not only doing that with other personnel i'm doing that with other managers and personnel so it's it's just mm -hmm. been a, a big change and it's a welcome one um it is different and um some of the the best times i ever had i'll tell you were rolling up my sleeves and doing a lot of those antennas and everything else it was a lot of fun um i've had a lot of fun since then but it's just different you know it's different parts of my career what do you what do you think has been the most helpful for you on the management side of things so um the most helpful thing i would say on the management side of things is uh really just some of the experience just just getting in and and listening to people and and um i i'll say that overall you know i believe and not necessarily just dictating things and and trying to run the whole ship it it doesn't it doesn't work as well as 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 I would like right so what I try to do and and I think my team would say this about me is um, I try to dialogue with the group to figure out what makes sense okay here's here's the facts here's where we are here's what we're doing but what are the thoughts that the team has on how we can approach something or the way we can do things because um, Yes, I have lots of ideas and all of my ideas are fantastic. They're not, some of them are really bad, but I like to say that they're all really good, right? But the team, they come up with some fantastic ideas. So then you kind of get them all on a board and kind of sort them out and figure out what it is. Lots of brainstorming sessions to figure out how do we want to approach the market? It's important to do it mm -hmm. within reason though, because you can dialogue about a topic forever. Eventually you do have to pick a direction and run. And then you either say, hey, was it successful or not? And guess what? It's okay to fail. If you fail, cut it, mm -hmm. pick a new direction, run again. It's okay. 
Um, the important yeah. thing is to be open, be dialogued, and uh, mm -hmm. to just keep on trying to things work. And um, we've been pretty successful in the market, particularly in, in all the the aspects. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's a big part of our success, that and the support of the company to allow us to do this kind of thing. One thing I can kind of pick up from you is that, that you definitely have the ability to like be a good listener. So you're, you're actually like, you know, able to, to listen to the feedbacks of your people. You're able to ask the questions. Well, I think it was one of the big things about like, for me and my success was like, I would listen. There was even a period of time I would ask, I would ask dumb questions. There were questions I actually already knew the answer to, but I asked them to get like a reconfirmation. Is the knowledge that I know mm -hmm. correct? And, and, and by doing that, the asking of questions and, and the, the just listening to, you know, somebody like this is just being arrogant and thinking that they know a lot. Then at that point, you're not asking the questions to then, you know, get responses and validate information that you think, you know, uh, so like listening, I think has, has been a big, uh, success in my career. I think it's something that you're really good. Yeah. At well. I mean, I think listening and then being genuine with your listening as well, because, I mean, it's, I think we're we're in a parallel in this, but I, but I mean, of course, you you'll read that in a lot of management books and these kind of things about listening. But but really being sincere in your listening and and taking in the information and really looking at it and going, yeah, maybe that does make sense, and not just pushing your own agenda throughout the time or or whatever else. But yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like has helped like guide you through through the questioning and asking? Uh, through your management processes. What has guided me through it? Yeah. What has helped guide like the team through it? Like what, you know, like let's say for instance, you're like trying to work out a problem or, or there's, you know, some new product that you're looking to market towards. Like, is there anything in particular that you felt like was able to guide the team uh, in the direction that you were clear, looking? A clear objective of what you're trying to accomplish. So look, I mean, we have a lot of products. Um, we're a fairly good sized company. Um, we sell into a lot of different industries and one product can be used and, and marketed and talked about in many different ways, depending on where you go with it. Mm -hmm. So really kind of narrowing in, in how you want to approach things is key. Now, the big problem with that is anytime you narrow, you're by definition excluding certain things and you have mm -hmm. to be comfortable with that. So, um, one of the things that I really like to do, whether it's in person on a whiteboard or virtually, um, is whenever we're going to really dig in on a topic is come to a consensus on what our objectives are. So, and write them on a board, okay? We want to do take this product to this market to achieve this. Okay, good, it's written down. Then you talk, get about 20 minutes in, you're writing down everything. There is no bad ideas, write them out. Okay, then stop. Okay, let's look at it and let's look at the direction that we've walked for the past 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and say, where are we? And let's figure out by the by these pieces and just look at them and go, okay, are we still in the same direction? So let's look at the objective. This is what we said. One of two things has to change, right? If, if there's a deviation, we either need to change the direction we're walking back to the where we were, where we wrote on the whiteboard, or change what we wrote on the whiteboard to match what's on the um, on our brainstorm. Either one is fine, but they need to match. And you need to do that periodically mm -hmm. throughout the brainstorming process so that ultimately you get to the destination that you think you should be going. And, uh, yep. and that, that's, that's one of the things that uh, I think has helped 
Um, it'd be interesting if my team was on here and they would be like, oh yeah, that's helped or no, that's been terrible. But I really believe sincerely that it has, um, it has helped and guide guided conversations in the right direction to, uh, to really get us to some, I think some pretty amazing accomplishments that we've had, um, throughout our careers. Well, then you, that you called out there that I think, uh, is really important is that whenever you start to focus in on something, you have to lose other things. And like for us as a company, like that was one thing I kind of really struggled with is we've kind of converted our marketing to be a lot more like the robotic welding side of things. And, you know, for me, I came from more of the material handling side of things and and I kind of struggled relieving attention from the material handling side of things. So like now a lot more of our marketing initiatives are going towards robotic welding. We're putting more focus into that, right? To have the the proper customer message so that the when the customer sees elite automation, they see, uh, you know, a particular thing. They actually know whenever they see our company what they're looking at us for versus like they're posting about this, they're posting about that, they're posting about all these different things, and then they're kind of confused on what we do. What is exactly this company does? Um, but yeah, like you said, just you know, having attention to something, but also know that you're going to have to lose attention to other Right. And it's okay to have multiple personas and to be different things to different types of people. Um, But it it is also important to understand the core of the brand and and where, what that means. And, Mm -hmm. and it should resonate in some way, shape or form, or it becomes a big challenge. And like, what, what, what is whatever it is with this topic, this, this company, whatever it may be. So when it comes to like your, your, your product marketing now, like, I guess what level does like you or your team get involved in as far as like, are they like making, making like the marketing material revolved around, uh, you know, the actual product itself features? Like, what is that? What does that yeah, kind of look so like? So what do I do? Right. What does the team do? Um, so uh, a little bit of an office space, right? What do you say you do here? Right. Uh, um, so what we would typically do is take an information on the product functionality and features of whatever it is. Um, there's also positioning that's already provided from engineering and product management. So then we take this and there's multiple of me in different countries and multiple teams in different countries and relate it to the country because the while a lot of manufacturing and a lot of the industries are common across the world, what is important to say a U.S. market or a U.S. customer may be different than um, a European or an Asian customer. For example, just take oil and gas, for example, or any kind of um, process application or, or hazardous location application. So we would typically have people that are concerned with like UL and class one div two and these kinds of um, things in the U.S. market where in a European market, they may not care about that at all unless they're exporting to the US. They care about ATEX. Um, and then if you go to Asia, it's IECEX. And yes, there are some cross-pollinations there, but largely the just the approving bodies are different. So if you write your marketing text and you exclude and you only talk about ATEX or only talk about IECEX or only talk about class one division two, you might be alienating different customer bases because they may not know. now. I would argue that in a lot of cases, those people would know that those are at least commonalities, but it doesn't matter. If the spec calls out a particular thing, you know, in a lot of cases, you need to have that on, on, the, on the line there. So a lot of what we'll do is take in a lot of these product informations, right? And 
you've used some of our products. Um, some of our products have tons of features in them. And it's narrowing in on going, what are the most important things for this type of application or this type of customer? And then highlighting those. So how do you do that? Okay, well, that goes into the persona, what you're doing, all these kind of things. Um, and then we don't actually make the the collateral. Um, trust me, you do not want me to have Photoshop. I am terrible. Like I can PowerPoint like nobody's business, but you don't want me doing Photoshop. It's stick figures and some thumbs up emojis. That's what I got. But we then take those concepts and we give them to a communications team. And a communications team is a team of graphics designers and editors and these kinds of things that make us look and sound the way that you see it presented to the market. So, and, and each of these things are really needed. You need the engineers to focus on product feature function, product management to focus on how does this all wrap up into a product and all connect, marketing to define the strategy, messaging, and how everything kind of weaves together, and then communications to really make it look good. Yes, people can have all of those traits, but th that's a very unique bunch where you can have the best graphics designer in the world that maybe not know, doesn't know anything at all about our industry. That's fine. You don't need to know about the industry. You just need to know how to make things look really good and then have a base understanding of what you're trying to communicate. You get that from marketing. And then they get that information of what they're marketing from the product management team that put particular features in there for these reasons because the engineers were working on a specification that was defined by the product mar or management team. So each of these things are really well needed as you go through the, the different narratives. Yeah, I think it also too is like having the uh, just the different departmental aspects, like you mentioned there. One, it's like extremely valuable that like you're like you're bringing up and explaining the the how the the, the departments are operating within one another because it, I think it gives people an insight in like it's not just marketing. Like there's so, there's departments inside of uh, the whole entire process, like multiple departments inside the entire process of of marketing and, and from you know bringing a product to life that a lot of people wouldn't even think of as like a career option. They wouldn't even know that there's multiple options within that one career option. And, uh, you know, I think people being able to see that and I've experienced it as a business owner that, you know, when it comes to like a creative individual, it's nearly impossible to find a creative individual who has industry experience. At least if you, you know, if you're trying to, to hire somebody quickly and you're trying to hire somebody at a, at a reasonable rate, it's a very select few individuals that are that are doing marketing for for our industry specifically. So you got to kind of find like the different, um, you know, categories of, of individuals that, OK, you're good at this. How can we relay information to you so that you're able to you know create whatever the thing is so uh, we can we can message that to, to, to the customers. Yeah. And I think it's also important to have have a diversified group um, because. You know, while, while it's really good to have all the industry experience and all the industry knowledge, you know, and all these different types of things, particularly I'm 17 years in a company, right? So you, you get a lot of this. You get the marketing mindset. You get the industry mindset. You get the product mindset. That's good, but it's also a rut. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful not mm -hmm. to be blind about what's going on outside the rut. Um, and it's, it's not a negative thing. It's just a thing. And uh, so I'm also mm. a big fan of a diversified group. So if you look at a number of campaigns mm. that I've run, um, now I'll pull people in from the communications team. And because they've done graphics design work for 10 years on, on this stuff, they'll understand, you know, why terminal blocks go on a, on a DIN rail and why you use them to connect wires. But they don't understand everything. 
that's okay because if I can get them to understand my message, the application, these kind of things, then then it's it's arguably a good message, or at least it's an appropriate yeah. message um, for 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 getting the getting it for the ease of communications. So um, you know, diversity in that group at the early stages is is really nice. And the, and and one other thing is um, the thing that I find really interesting about the industrial industry, largely. I don't think it's necessarily universal, but largely is that the, um, the marketing department in a lot of cases is a more technical group. Because if you look at other industries, mm-hmm. um, it is it can be more sales and, and, and less technical, which is 100% fine. But I know my team is not only marketing, but they're also um, like a level three technical support. So that's a pretty technical bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're, you're talking yeah. to a, a product marketing specialist, at least at Phoenix Contact, I know that's true for a lot of industrial companies. I think it's a little bit of a uniqueness mm-hmm. um, compared to sure. marketing in maybe the banking sector or, you know, some some other finance well, or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, big, big brands, retail chains. It's definitely very much a lot of like engineers converted to like marketing or engineers converted to sales. You see a lot of that in the, in this industry. Yeah. One other thing that you, that you mentioned that is probably like the number one success for myself when it comes to marketing, uh, as far as uh, getting experiences outside of the industry, you know, my experience was from having a former YouTube channel as a fitness YouTube channel. And, and, it was really driven around like how to grow a YouTube channel. So there was a lot of searching and, 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 and rabbit hole jumping through like how to grow a YouTube channel, how to get more exposure, how to, you know what I mean? And so like through this rabbit hole of questions and of, of trying to like just do something like grab a YouTube or uh, grow a YouTube channel, there's a lot of information in there that is very much like the digital social media landscape that you know i think a lot a lot of uh our industry kind of lacks in the you know ability to to utilize stuff like social media tools and the outside influence played like a major major role in in you know my experiences and knowledges yeah i mean yes there's i i mean i think overall the the the, the industry is getting better but there there is definitely um largely a gap um a lag i think in the the industrial industry on a lot of things. And a lot of that comes back to who's your customer and how are they consuming information? Uh, a lot changed with COVID, but you go back a few years and social media was, you know, Facebook and it was for everybody to talk about their puppies and vacations and everything else. So how much business do you do there? Well, there's a lot of business that happens there, particularly B2C, but how much B2B? There's certainly B2B there to some degree, but is it in our industry? I don't know. What is the profile of an engineer if that's your target customer? What is it the profile of a buyer? Do they make a decision? You know, all these different things and and who and what. Now, especially post-COVID, a lot of people are consuming information in all different ways that they didn't before. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a personal brand is something that I've found very important for a long time, whether it be internal personal brand or external personal brand. Um, it's paramount. It's paramount to... I think just um, you as an individual and being successful, but also as a company mm-hmm. and being successful in particular areas by people growing strong personal brands in particular. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have quite a bit of following yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty active, primarily just on LinkedIn. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how many, um, a little over 9,000 followers or so, and pretty active looking at uh, open automation, IoT, Industry 4.0, uh, these kind of things. And it's it's been a wild ride um, for sure. And it's uh, I've really enjoyed that aspect of really being able to dig in with the community and, and learn a lot of things as well as mm -hmm. provide things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm a huge uh, proponent of LinkedIn. I think it's it's been a, like an amazing tool to like have a, a professional platform and be able to like communicate with people. Like, you know, I I I've always been a very serious worker, a very hard worker. But as far as like professionalism and like going like having a place to go and be able to talk about career and talk about uh, really just really any career related topic and, and be able to communicate with individuals uh like linkedin has really offered that uh that ability more so than any other platform ever and i honestly like i kind of don't know i don't know where i would be at or like i would definitely feel like there would be a bigger gap in in like my wisdom maybe because like there's a lot like i can peek in and see what's going on in the industry through like linkedin you know and and it's just, it's, it's a huge eye opener. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I'll tell you, um, so I got involved early on in LinkedIn. Well, not early on, I guess. Um, but a couple of years ago in LinkedIn and really driving, driving different things. Um, again, it came down to one of those brainstorming sessions. And one of the things we realized is we didn't have direct access to some of the customers that we wanted to talk to. Where were those types of customers? Mm -hmm. Well, they are online they're doing different things they're in discords they're in reddit they're in different places well how do we how do we go there mm -hmm. just go show up and start talking so yeah. you, you can't just show up and just start shilling stuff that doesn't work you got to develop uh, a, a relationship and have a conversation so that's what i started with and what i found was it was absolutely fan uh, fascinating and fantastic because the big thing is again i've been with the company for a long time i talked about that rut like I am very happy in my career. I'm very happy in where I am, very happy with the company, but I do recognize completely that, you know, there is definitely parts of the industry and parts of things I don't know because I've always been in the same spot. So being able to expand yeah. out and a LinkedIn has given me that opportunity. I'm also um, um, a co-founder of the industry 4.0 club. Um, so I hold, um, weekly or bi-weekly podcasts similar to this on industry topics. And I love exploring all different types of topics, things I know about, things I don't know about all over the map to, to get that. And also a, um, a board member of IOT world to just kind of get an inside scoop of what's going on there and help guide that organization as well. And just trying to get involved in these different organizations to, figure out what I don't know and frankly, what mm -hmm. I should be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's like, to be honest, like the, the manufacturing come up is like one of my, one of my like selfish ways of, of gaining more experience, gaining more knowledge. And uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm able to sit with like individuals like you 17 years of experience in this industry and uh, different sectors of industry. It's like just the, the amount of, of knowledge that to be able to capture from somebody like yourself. Uh, you know, it, it's, massive you know I, I spend my i would spend my time watching something like this on yeah. my own and yeah. here i get to sit and have the direct conversation i, I watch it it's great you know I, I was just telling you i got got done with the run so if you see a little bit of red in my face you know it was a little while ago mm -hmm. but 
you know, I was listening and then your, your, your live stream came on and I was enjoying that as well. So, um, absolutely. It's, you learn always, I, I consume so much content on a daily basis. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I try to jot down notes and, and speaking about LinkedIn, you know, one of the things I try to do in LinkedIn is, um, yeah, I gain followers and do all those kind of things. It's actually not really what it's about for me. Um, for me, it's, sure. it's a lot of knowledge share and, and confirmation or discussion because I, I like to pose a position or pose an idea or pose some research that I found and then have a dialogue about it. And sometimes that works out really well. Other times I get flamed, but whatever, you know, it's a great dialogue of right. figuring out what you know and you don't know and you learn from it. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of that learning process for me because if I just consume and I don't use it all, I'll lose it. What do you spend uh, a lot of your time? What type of content do you consume? I, I it's, it's all over the map. It depends. Depends on the flavor of the day. Um, a lot sure. of financial information, um, different different go- things going on in, in, in the various financial sectors. I do a lot with our industry. I look at a lot of um, IoT industry 4.0 things. Um, my kids love gaming, so I, I research gaming and understand what's going on there. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I enjoy it, but you know, I'm old now, so I think I can only get a little bit of time in before I'm bored again. I don't know why that happens. But, uh, and, uh, and then trend topics, I would say. So one of the things I've really gotten into just recently, it's very early on is, uh, there's like chat GPT and these kind of things, but, uh, what's actually going on with natural language processing and how can you really use it? Uh You know, how, how will it affect, okay. The industrial industry, but things as a whole, like, how can I do that with my personal knowledge management system that I have, you know, can I expose that in some way so I can make a virtual IRA. Oh my gosh, that's a crazy idea. You know, I, I don't know just, just different things like this. This is the the kind of the type yeah. of things I like to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's one, it's a, it might be a, a standard question. I start asking like what content do people consume? Because you know, a lot, I mean, almost every single successful person consumes some level of content, whether, whether it be written or whether it be video or audio and, I'm like a huge consumer of content. I pretty much listen to like zero music. My kids, when we in the car, they say, dad, we play some music. And I'm like, eh, I'll put on, I'll put on this. Audio <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing is like, so it's like one of the things that I do is like, I consume a lot of content. It's like industry. It's, uh, you know, you know, business operations. It's, uh, there's a lot of different things for marketing, Kind of d- depends on, on on what I'm doing at the time as well, but but here's one of the big things is like since I love to consume so much content, I do like what what I would call like a content rotation, where like you know maybe I am doing marketing or sales is a big one that I'm focused on right now. Like so I'll watch like hours of like or listen to like hours of like sales content, but then I'll switch and then I'll listen to something completely different industry related topics or just some other type of content or maybe it's business type of content. Uh, but, but the thing is like the shift of the content type, like keeps me interested. Yeah. It's like, I'm never getting bored with like the particular type of content that I'm, that I'm consuming. So what, which, what, what and cycle are you in right now? Probably still probably sales. sales. Cause you know, yep. Yep. Still young in the company. You know, I came from being an engineer project manager to, to, you know, now having to be the sales guy for our company and, yeah. 
and develop that side of things. Um, so are you allowed to go into sales yeah. from being an engineer? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, that's one thing that like I've contemplated, like taking on like some type of sales position or, or I just wish I would have start, had some type of sales position prior to starting a company. So that way I had like some more formal knowledge and, and was able to like consume some other people's experiences. Cause I'm, I'm very good at like picking up knowledge and being able to be around people for like somewhat short period of time and be able to pick up on the operation of things. Um, and since I, you know, haven't had that, that uh, traditional experience, there's a lot of things that I'm lacking and also just being like, there's the the process of sales and then there's the being a salesperson, mm -hmm. right? Like two, two, two separate things. And, you know, neither one of those really, I, I, I had the ability to have formal education on. So there are things that I, not, I'm having to educate myself. I'm having to educate myself on sales processes and, and lead flow and, yeah. you know, all these different things. And then on top of that, being a good salesperson. Right. Um, you know, and, and a big part of it too, and, and I should have said, you know, I do definitely do a lot of business stuff. Um, and, uh, I, I'm a big, um, productivity nut as well. So, you know, I try to research every productivity yeah. system that's coming out and I don't usually switch because I try not to be unproductive other than the productivity stuff that yeah. I listen to. But, um, <laughs> um, but you know, a big part of that is, you know, I don't, I don't know where you are with it, but maybe you're not the sales guy, right? Maybe you hire a sales yeah. guy. I don't know. Maybe you're better yeah. at one of the other many elements that you need for your company, particularly as it grows. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think the biggest issue now is like just being bootstrapped still. Yeah. I still consider us bootstrapped, right? We've grown to a point like where we need the level of engineers that we have. We need the level of marketing people, like all the things to sustain what we got. Um, I, you know, the way I kind of look at our company now, we're like basically in a, in a phase where like, if we, if we win a couple of the right projects back to back, now we can make that investment to, to do like, you know, bringing in like a sales individual full time to um, just manage our, our sales right. thing. Uh, and, and right now, we we have somebody on our team who's who's got some sales experience, like ten years of experience. Who's uh, you know recently came over to the sales side of our company, and that that's been a major help. And just being able to watch how they're able to to coordinate and uh, you know, same thing with like the operation side of things. I come from more of the operation side with like being a, a programmer and being a project manager, but bringing on somebody who like had a, um, a good corporate level experience into our company. That's, that's helped out a lot. Um, I, yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of bringing in experienced individuals because I love being able to learn from individuals and, and know that, you know, I don't do everything in, in, in the best way. And there's always things to learn. Sorry, my dog brought in a squeaky toy. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> I, I think no it's making problem. it through on the mic. So um, so we'll just throw that over there. No He'll problem. bring it back in 30 seconds. So this is the way the rest of the conversation will go. <laughs> well, I guess if you wouldn't mind, like, is there, is there any particular thing that you would, that's, do you think would be valuable to the individuals listening to, to this podcast here? You know, the, the big thing that I would like to say is this is manufacturing come up, right? And one yeah. of the things that I was really interested in doing this podcast is, is this, is, you know, coming out of school as an engineer, I had the mindset of, okay, I got to go do development work. I'm an engineer. And while I think that's true for a lot of people, you know, there are opportunities outside of doing just engineering 
And one of those opportunities mm-hmm. is doing things like sales, doing things like marketing, because mm-hmm. particularly in this industry, you know, having that technical background can be hugely beneficial to the sales process, to the marketing process. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just because you go into one of those types of uh, fields, marketing or sales or these kind of things, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're not going to use your engineering skills. Because I can tell you, I designed a lot of wireless systems. I designed a lot of networks over my years. And, um, you know, some, some, um, you know, not some, a lot of them I'm extremely proud of, no different than an engineer in designing a system or a control cabinet or whatever else. So there are other Uh opportunities, particularly if you have a propensity to want to talk to uh, other people and, and have conversations. And I think it's inherent for a lot of engineers to, to want to learn, but to go outside of just that tech zone and, and really expand into the other areas, it's it's huge. Yeah. So don't shy away from it. Yeah. You know, embrace it. And yeah. I, I think if you do do those kind of things, it can only help you ongoing. You even said it yourself, right? You were in engineering and, hey, you wish you had a little bit of sales experience. I think sales experience is one of those things that, you know, it's it's something that if you've done it at some point in time, nobody looks back at it and was like, ah, oh, I was terrible as a sales guy. Like it, it's good experience because you get a diversity yeah. of different types of conversations and different types of uh, um, rejections and and conversations yeah. um, that you wouldn't otherwise get. So that's what I would say yeah. is uh, there is more than just engineering. And trust me, there's yeah. lots of engineers that are needed out there. I'm just saying, hey, there is opportunities outside of that. I think marketing is a great one, particularly as a product specialist, mm-hmm. as well as uh, sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, like when it comes to like manufacturing, there's a whole like gamut. There's the whole business side of things that, need to be operated hr all these different departments that i think a lot of time are, are, are kind of like not even really thought about especially early on stages of uh you know your college or or just early stages of your career and uh you know there's a ton of opportunities out there uh, for those different positions also uh if uh one of the big things that i struggle with and that I, if you're gonna try to if you're gonna do sales is is uh, objections i think like, that's the biggest one that i that i uh I struggle with and it's because I'm so like because I came from being so technical that I'm like you know they're like well how do you know the robot's not going to crash and it's like well I know there's like DCS and there's these things or you know what I mean and like and, but they're just like okay but how do you know <laughs> and it's like so like just going through like the, those type of object- objections like where you're so technical you're just like you know in your mind it's not a certain way but it's like hard to to, to demonstrate that to a, to a customer so like that's been like the biggest one that I agree. That, it's I'm not wrong. You're wrong. You're you're wrong. But you can't say that. <laughs> like that might be what you mentally. That's the conversation. But outside is I understand your concern. You know, here are the things that we could do about that. Like that would be the better way to approach that. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, Ira, where can people find you at? So um, you can find me at Phoenix Contact. Um, you know, you reach out to me there. But probably the easiest way for this audience to reach out to me would be via LinkedIn. Um, you can search me up. There's not uh, too many Irish sharps out there. I'm Irish sharp junior. Um, so, uh, you can find me on there typically talking about open automation, uh, industry 4.0 IOT. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, uh, happy to talk to you about anything and any of those topics, Phoenix contact related, or yeah, I've actually helped quite a few people in different types of career activities as well, trying to find different positions and these kind of things. So, you know, for free to help out in any way that I can message me, I'll let you know if I can. Awesome. 
thank you for being with us today. Yeah, Malachi, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I really do appreciate it.